When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action Tribe, every once in a while, it's good to take a pause and look back at how far you've come, appreciating the ups and the downs and feeling grateful for how much you have evolved along the journey. Honestly, I don't do that enough. And since we're almost going to cross 5.5 million downloads and 430 episodes, I thought of listening to some of my first uh, episodes, my first 100 episodes. Today's episode is a throwback to episode number 85. Right now, we're at episode 428, and episode 85 was released way back on April 13th, 2016. That's five years back. Wow. And as you listen, you'll notice that I sound very different. And I find it kind of weird to listen to, because over the years, I've improved my delivery, my confidence, and my tonality. So I'm grateful that I get an opportunity to look back. The larger point over here is that no matter where you are on your own journey and no matter how critical you are of yourself, if you just take one step at a time, you will, before you realize, be far ahead on your journey. This is also a special episode because in this episode, Dan Brule uh, introduced me to many different ideas and concepts and stories about breathwork and that sort of laid the seed for my career as a breath work instructor. So I'm so grateful for all these connections that I've made on my podcast, which in some way or form um, influenced me and took me in a certain direction. And uh, that's how I find myself here today. So I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you so much for coming on this ride with me. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on, Action Takers? AJ here, and it's a beautiful morning here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Longer days, warmer days, more sunshine ice-capped mountains in the distance, and the Syrian Pacific Ocean. The Vancouver summer is something that everyone looks forward to, and we're almost there. And action takers, every time I release a new show, I wonder where you are listening to this episode from. That's right, you. Are you sitting in the bus or the train? Are you on your way to work? Are you listening to this episode in your car or at home when you're you know, coming back from work in the evening. Today, I am really excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Dan Brule. So Dan, are you ready to inspire? Oh, absolutely. 
Wonderful. So Dan Brule is a modern day teacher and healer, an innovative, unorthodox, irreverent, creative, game-changing entrepreneur. He is a master of prana yoga, the Hindu science of breath and of chikang, Chinese medical breathing exercises. Dan is a world renowned pioneer in the field of breathwork and leader of the worldwide spiritual breathing movement. He is one of the originators of breath therapy and was among the first group of internationally certified rebirthers. So Dan, that was a short intro, but take about a minute and help us get to know you better. Well, for me, it feels like the spirit of breath at some point early in my life just picked me up by the scruff of my neck and has been throwing me around the world for the last 40 years, um, teaching people to take advantage of something really beautiful and even miraculous that's right under their nose, and that is the breath itself. And I love to be with people when they discover what's what they've got and they begin to play with the possibilities uh, that are open to us when we open our breath. And so I am a student of the breath and a teacher of the breath and a servant of the spirit of breath. And I really don't know what else to do with my life because every day brings me another really wonderful experience with someone who is, well, taking action by uh, learning to explore and develop their their power and their potential through breath work. Well, thanks a lot for that awesome intro. I'm really looking forward to learning more about that wonderful miracle that's just beneath our nose, which we can take more advantage of. So Dan, you are the world-renowned pioneer in the field of breath work and the leader of the worldwide spiritual breathing movement. So before we begin today's show, help us breathe some life into today's episode with some inspirational words. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote in your life. Ah, well, um, the same energy, the same spirit that built our body in the womb originally is still available to us. We can access that, that same creative healing energy through the breath. And it's not just a theory or a beautiful spiritual idea to me. It's, a, it's an everyday experience with everyone I work with. Wonderful. So you mentioned the same energy. Action takers, the same energy that built your spirit, that built your body within the womb, that is still available to us. We just need to know how to tap into that. There are a set of steps that we need to take. There's some mindset that we need to get into, but we're going to dive deeper into that. Now, Dan, what really inspired you to start your website, breathmastery.com? Well, um, maybe a, a combination of devotion and laziness. Uh, I wanted to master something, and it had to be something very basic that would affect everything else. And being a basically lazy person, I didn't want something really complicated and difficult. And, uh, and in my own life experience, when I got through difficult moments or I needed inspiration or I needed energy or I needed to calm down or I needed to find my center, the breath was right there waiting for me. And so at some point I realized, well, this is it. There's nothing more 
that I need to base my life on. This can be the centerpiece of my life. And I began to connect it to everything else. And the, and the process and the learning and the teaching continues today. Mm-hmm. Now, breathing as, 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 as a practice, I mean, as something that's inherent within us, breathing is something that everyone does. If you don't breathe, we stop living. <laughs> but it's so easy to forget that, right? So what exactly is breath therapy? Well, uh, breath therapy has a few, it has two basic principles. One is that the breathing mechanism has been damaged or inhibited or suppressed in some way because of trauma, because of birth trauma, early infancy traumas, emotional traumas, psychological traumas, physical traumas. All of these things put a dent in our breathing system and gradually over time, layers of, of, uh, trauma, psychological stresses and so on, inhibit the breathing. And so the breath needs to be healed. The breathing mechanism itself needs to be restored to its full potential. And that's the one of the foundations of breath therapy, to reawaken the full potential of our breathing. And the second part is that once the breathing mechanism is healed, the breath and breathing becomes a therapeutic tool. So we can use our breath and the mind to heal our body. We can use the breath and our body to heal our mind and emotions. And so the breath therapy is about healing the breathing, restoring its full natural capacity, and then applying conscious breathing as a therapeutic, self-empowering, self-healing tool. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that the breathing mechanism has been damaged mm -hmm. due to so many reasons, because stress, trauma, pressure through our lives, you know, things that happen around us and it isn't that therapeutic tool anymore that it's meant to be. But as you mentioned, the therapy uh, helps us make it that tool, make it that wonderful therapeutic, therapeutic tool once again. Uh, so let's take a couple of steps back. Where did breath therapy originate from? Uh, well, we were looking for uh, some way to refer to it. And so we looked at, well, what are the results? What are the benefits? What are people getting from it? And mm -hmm. it kept coming back to uh, this therapeutic aspect of the breathing. If you, and if you th realize or think about breathing as a behavior, breathing is a behavior. And obviously, mm -hmm. there are certain behaviors that support us and certain behaviors, maybe unconscious behaviors, we learn them unconsciously, but certain behaviors, behaviors interfere and get in our way. And so when you when you look at breathing as a behavior and you begin to modify your behavior, you can clear up a lot of problems. You can uh, resolve a lot of issues. So that therapeutic aspect seemed to be built into the process as if we ourselves have a self-healing capacity and it's just waiting to be uh, activated, waiting to be used and tapped like a natural resource. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Breathing has become a behavior. And uh, especially for me, when I did my yoga sessions just a couple of months back, uh, when I'm focusing on a particular pose, it's so easy to focus on that pose and try to get it correct and then stop being more mindful mm -hmm about my breathing, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and the instructor said, you know, in yoga, if there's something that you 
should learn if you forget every pose if you just remember how to breathe effectively that's yoga <laughs> yes and becoming uh, and that's you're moving into the actual practical aspects of breath work and the first step the first key is breath awareness is exactly what you mm. just brought up becoming aware of our breathing at certain moments moments when usually it's the last thing we would think about but if we focused on it in that moment it could be a key to getting through a difficulty uh, reaching some goal or some uh, uh, some intention and so breath awareness is the first key and that's one of the first things we teach because it has such so much power if you just become aware of your breathing when someone is insulting you when you're listening to me music, when you're stuck in traffic, when you're trying to solve a problem, if in that moment, if you could back up and notice, okay, what's happening to my breath right now, you would make some very important connections. Because the average person holds their breath maybe a thousand times a day, just for a moment, trying to remember something, they hold their Mm -hmm. breath. Uh, Putting a key in the door, they hold their breath. Uh, You know, Turning backwards, uh, you know, leaning backwards to back up their car, they hold their breath. Getting up from a chair, they lock their breathing. And it's just a moment, but it's totally unconscious. And so when you become aware, you begin to allow the breath to flow in those moments, which in turn allows energy and healing energy, creative energy, thoughts uh, to also flow and move. So breath awareness, that's you, you really... Your yoga teacher was right on. If there's, if you're going to give up everything else and remember one thing, that's a beautiful key to just observe your breathing, notice your breath, become aware of how you're breathing in different moments and situations. That's so so powerful. Mm-hmm. So you spoke about behavior, some behaviors that serve us. And some that don't. Let's talk about ineffective habits. A lot of people have jobs where they sit uh, on you know on a desk in a cubicle from nine to five, facing a computer screen five days a week. What are some of the symptoms or results of ineffective or improper breathing? Well, breath holding is one. Uh, just you know, people talk about sleep apnea. For example, many people suffer from sleep apnea, whether they hold their breath you know, uh, through the night again and again. And uh, one of the things I've learned is that everyone who suffers from sleep apnea, for example, also suffers from waking apnea. They're also holding their breath during the day. They're concentrating Mm. on something. They get totally disconnected from their body. And the only way to reconnect to your body, to feel, Feel your body is to breathe. When you breathe consciously, you you wake up your connection to your body, and that's really important. If you have a, you know, if you're in front of a computer all day, you can even forget that you have a body, <laughs> and and the body is is the source. You know, it's the source of creativity. It's the source of intuition, and so we need to be in touch with it. And the best way to be in touch with it is by consciously breathing. Mm-hmm. So there you go, action takers. The way to reconnect with your body is to breathe, but not just breathe, to breathe consciously. And when you said that, uh, Dan, what came to my mind was when somebody is in love, you know, two people are in love, they say to each other, you take my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it should be, you give me a reason to breathe. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Now, going back in time, how did you become aware of this particular practice, breath work? Well, um, I was uh, originally, when I graduated high school, 
um, I was in, uh, I was studying uh, medical technology, X-ray technology, and one of the courses we were uh, we were uh, allowed or in, encouraged to take was a CPR course, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. And the first time I resuscitated someone, it just felt like a, a genuine miracle. The person was clinically dead. They had no pulse. They weren't breathing. And we came into the room and you blow into them and they blink and wake up. It was a, mm-hmm. a real lesson in the miracle of breath that we, we can share our breath and literally give a person life. That, that excited me so much that I, I just never looked anywhere else. Uh, in the military, I was working as an underwater rescue specialist. I was rescuing drowning people. I was a deep sea diver. I was mixing gases for uh, uh, for deep sea diving. And I was also helping people kind of break through limitations in difficult training situations and high stress situations. How do you keep your balance? How do you find energy to go that extra mile when you need to? And, the, and it was always the breath. It was always coming back to the breath as a way to relax and calm down or as a way to wake ourselves up and charge ourselves or something to focus on to keep us going. <laughs> and so I can't even find the beginning point when when I got onto this path of breath mastery. Uh, um, you know, I can go all the way back to kindergarten and Catholic school and listening to the priest uh, tell us that, you know, in the beginning, God formed the body of man. Uh, from the dust of the earth and breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And as a five-year-old child, that that the idea just lit me up. I it was so exciting to me to to think that wow, every breath God is breathing into me. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's why isn't everybody excited right now? This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. So I, I can't really find this. Maybe that was a starting point, <laughs> but uh, I had near drowning experiences, which alerted me to my breath, made me very passionate about breathing, made me very happy when I could begin to breathe again. So it just seems that life has had this conspiracy to make sure that I didn't miss what my life was about. <laughs> if I if I missed it in one way, I would get the message in another way. And, uh, and that continues today. If I lose my motivation or if I uh, stop to get flat in my uh, thinking, something will happen to bring me back uh, to the breath, some miracle, some amazing insight, some new piece of information, or someone knocking on my door for the first time to see what what the practice holds for them. And uh, so, yeah, it's one of those, like, like a Zen-like thing. I, I really can't find the beginning, and I'm not sure that there will ever be an end. Wonderful. You mentioned that the first time you resuscitated someone, it really felt like a miracle. It seemed like they were dead. But as soon as you did that, they came back to life after blinking and twitching. And and the way you said it, it felt really empowering, felt so inspiring. Uh, You actually spoke about both your spiritual inspiration of God and then you spoke about the science side of it as well. So my question is, what does science and research have to say about the benefits of breathwork? Well, um, you know, we we know about the the nervous system, and we have this uh, two branches of the autonomic nervous system. 
system, which is the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch. And the sympathetic is the active fight or flight uh, kind of emergency uh, energy side of it. And the parasympathetic side is the rest and digest and recover and heal. And it's the counterbalance to the sympathetic. Well, Breathing is tied directly to that nervous system. So every time we inhale and every time we exhale, we're actually hacking into the autonomic nervous system. And so, and we do that through uh, the vagus nerve, which is, which is an amazing thing in itself. The vagus nerve is the biggest nerve in the body. Mm-hmm. It's probably about two feet long. It has limbs. It has a size. It looks, I saw one dissected on an, on a examining table one time, just taken out of the human body and just laying there by itself. And it looked like an alien creature, but the point, <laughs> it's really amazing. But the point is that up until only less than 20 years ago, I mean, we're, we're not talking, uh, you know, old science. This is relatively new science. Uh, all of the medical scientists thought that the vagus nerve was the way that the brain controls everything in the body. Because when you track the vagus nerve, it starts in the brain, and it's it's got two sides and starts in the ancient part of the brain. It's got two branches, and it goes and it touches every organ, every muscle, every joint. It basically vagus is built on the same word as vagabond, which means it wanders. So scientists mm. knew that this. This nerve wandered everywhere in the body, but they assumed that it was how the brain controlled the body. But only recently have they learned that 80% of the signals, 80% of the information traveling through the vagus nerve is information from the body to the brain. And so the brain isn't controlling everything. It's managing all of the information that we send it through the vagus nerve by the way that we breathe. And so when you begin to control your breathing and you give your breathing certain patterns, you send very specific information to the brain, which causes the brain to produce certain states, certain chemicals, certain emotions, and so on. So now science understands, ah, so this is why when we control our breathing, we control our emotions. This is why when we control our breathing, we control our mind. Aha, this is why when we control our breathing, we control our blood pressure, we control our temperature, we control lots of other things. And so uh, this is exciting because it's only recently that science has been able to kind of nail it down and go, aha, so this is why. Up until recently, it was intuitive. You know, yogis have been saying it for a long time. If you control Mm -hmm. your breathing, you can control these other things. But finally, science is really uh, catching up. And uh, it's, it's exciting for me because 40 years ago, I, I felt like a voice in the desert, you know, crying out <laughs> in the wilderness and people were saying, breathing? What's why? What? What's to know? And so yeah. it's fun for me now to see that, uh, that medical science is, uh, is confirming what many people, you know, intuitively knew. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there you go, action takers. Up until 20 years back, they assumed that the vagus nerve, the longest nerve, was how the brain controls the body. But what they found out through research is actually 80% of the info is from the body to the brain. A, a transition from controlling to managing. And again, this was one of the best clear and definite uh, explanations of the mind-body connection. So thanks a lot for that, Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> no, we get inspired when we hear about someone who learned a new practice, such as breathwork, somebody who took action and experienced a major breakthrough. So let's talk about a student or client of yours who initially had some sort of a challenge, uh, but experienced a transformation after learning breathwork. Ah, well... Uh, I just got an email from someone, and so it's a, it's a great reminder, and it's timely. Uh, her name is Julia. Um, I met her when she was just a 13-year-old child in central Russia, and that was probably 20 years ago, uh, more than 20 years ago now. And, um, uh, you know, the do- she had serious uh, childhood diseases. Um, really, the doctors were didn't give her any hope. Her parents had taken her to doctors and hospital. They just had nothing they could do for her. And uh, she's now 27 years old. She's living in Japan. She speaks Japanese, Hindi, uh, English. She's learning another language. And uh, she was literally not supposed to be alive beyond 14 years old. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she did it through breathing and also through positive psychology and sheer willingness and just her her spirit and you know breathing is a way for us to get in touch with that spirit and she managed to do it and to heal herself of extraordinary stuff and another one as well just some guys like navy seals for example who are in a life or death situation and their physiology you're you know you're suddenly overwhelmed with panic or overwhelmed with stress and you still mm-hmm. have to perform and some people manage to do the most incredible things under the most incredible situations and the core uh, in those heroes that I've talked to is that their breathing training kicked in. It allowed them to focus. It allowed them uh, to, you know, brush away the, the the fearful thoughts and it allowed them to center and it gave them energy to move. And so there are lots of those stories where under high stress situations, the uh, the, the training to breathe gets them through. And then there's simple stories like people who just, you know, they think that having a couple of headaches per week or getting 
the flu five or six times a year, that that's just a normal thing, that it happens to everybody. But I have now students and clients that I've known for 20, 25 years who haven't had the common cold, who haven't had anything like the flu since they started doing breath work and whose headaches disappeared. And so uh, we have healing abilities and the breathing seems to be a way that we can activate them. Mm-hmm. So thanks a lot for sharing those incredible insights and stories. Now, for someone starting off, someone who is new to meditation and breath work, who wants to become healthier in body and mind and sees breath work as the way to get there, is there a health tip that you could share with our listeners that could be implemented immediately? Yes. Uh, tune into your breathing during different situations. And uh, so that means that you have to develop a daily practice of some kind where, you, you know, you get up in the morning and you simply observe your breathing. You become the watcher, the witness of your breathing. And that's, that's enough to really start. And then pay attention to your breathing during moments during the day. I think, as I mentioned earlier, maybe during, you know, critical moments where maybe someone is insulting you or maybe your your mind is stuck on something or maybe you're suddenly feeling sad or depressed. And if in those moments you turn to your breath, that's that has tremendous, tremendous benefits. And so the one thing you want to do once you turn to your breath is to breathe consciously, is to Take in a little more breath than usual, so you create an extra stretch on the inhale, and then let the exhale go and empty yourself a bit more. So it's as if we, if you were breathing in that point on a scale of 0 to 10, and 0 is empty and 10 is full, and without realizing it, you've been breathing between 4 and 6, and the breathing has become very inhibited and very shallow, and what you need to do is to expand the breath, even if it's just mm-hmm. one or two breaths, in those moments, you just pull in a little more and you empty a little more. And that changes the energy. It changes your focus. And it's treme- And anyone can do it. And it doesn't take uh, much practice. It just takes remembering and, uh, and then actually doing. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for that powerful tip. Keep you your face. Let me just finish. You could sure, sure. You take two basic reflexes like a sigh of relief and yawning. And you just practice those things, <laughs> yawning and sigh of relief. They have tremendous therapeutic benefit. And if you do them in those moments when you're you're getting a little tense or you're getting a little uh, depressed or running out of energy, and you just deliberately yawn and deliberately give yourself big sighs of relief, within just three or four of those breaths, within a minute, you've totally changed your energy. It's really... Uh, it's really exciting, and, it, and, and it's easy to prove to yourself. Just remember to do it in one of those moments and watch how it changes everything. Well, thanks a lot for those powerful tips. I'm going to add that into the show notes as well. Tuning into your breathing during different situations and making it a practice and really observing your breathing during different times, different events during the day. Now, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. This is a beautiful mm-hmm. quote by Walt Whitman. Action takers focus is going to be a huge or focus is going to play a huge role in your transformation and personal development. It's not easy. I know when you're facing numerous challenges in your life, when things or people around you don't support you or, em- or empower you, 
But if you focus on what you want rather than what you don't want, the shadows will literally fall mm-hmm. behind you. So, Dan, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you've had your fair share of challenging moments as well. So, take mm-hmm. us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you approach this challenge? And finally, how did you overcome it? <sighs> well, um, I think back to my military days. Uh, when, uh, when in, in genuine danger for my life <laughs> and the first thought, you know, that, uh, oh, uh, and you knew that some, this is, you're being tested. This is way out of the normal bounds. And the very first thing is to control your self talk and not to slip into degrading, uh, self talk and, being able in those moments to say something to yourself like, I can do this, or I got this, or, you know, something positive, that very first uh, thought is going to determine which way the energy goes. As soon as you have an uh-oh, <laughs> then you need to get back into that <laughs> flow state and make sure it doesn't degrade anymore. So having the help of someone else, like, we can do this, or you you can make it. And having someone else give me that encouragement allowed me to remind myself. And so we can remind each other. And that's uh, in those times when all you have is yourself. If there isn't a voice to encourage you, you're going to have a very difficult time. And if on top of that, you have an actual critical voice that's, you know, that's degrading your performance and that's sabotaging your, your abilities, then that voice needs to be replaced and controlled. And I think that's a very first step. And when I look at how I got through those difficult moments, it was, it was that ability to be able to stay positive, to stay focused, um, and then to be able to actually give myself energy and not allow my body to get locked up. And so in those moments, the ability to let go, to let go of a thought or to let go of tension got me through. Uh, to let go of, you know, like the, this urge to freeze. I mean, in an emergency, everyone freezes. But the, uh, the, the, end, the question is, how long do you freeze? How quickly do you recover from that freeze reflex? Because even the, high, the most highly trained people still have that freeze reflex when something, when the poop hits the fan, let's say. But the difference is how quickly you recover from that freeze. The average person sort of stays stuck in it. And precious moments in the beginning of an experience are wasted or lost. And so the sooner you can wake up, the sooner you can let go, the sooner you can take charge, the better your odds are for getting through serious uh, life-threatening situations. And I've been in a few of those. So I've actually been able to test it and, and, uh, and mm-hmm. learn, you know, what's important. And, the, and it comes down to those three things, to wake up, have situational awareness, have awareness of your self-talk, awareness of your body, your tension, and then this ability to let go, let go of limiting or negative thoughts, let go of physical tension. And then the third is to just take charge and take action. And if you've trained yourself, the action you take will kick in automatically. And in those moments when you don't have time to think, it's your training 
that 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 decides determines what you do. So my lesson is that I'm training myself to be loving and training myself to be compassionate, training myself to be relaxed and training myself to be aware and alert and energized. So in those moments, if suddenly there's an emergency, those are the things that kick in automatically and they get me through more gracefully than if I hadn't trained in all those ways. Mm -hmm. So looking back at your life now, what is that one major life lesson that our listeners can take away from your story? I was with Indira Gandhi in 1980, August of 1980. What a blessing to meet this beautiful woman. My, it was actually my third day in India, in Delhi. And just mm -hmm. by some amazing, however it works, I ended up spending almost an hour uh, meeting, sitting with uh, Indira Gandhi. And I observed every breath she took. And I was just mesmerized by her breathing because her breathing was so alive. And I began to see how as her emotions changed, as her mental focus changed, as her level of physical comfort changed, her breathing was expressing that. And by observing her breath, I began to be able to feel what was happening inside of her. I knew what she was thinking. I, it, it gave me access to her soul, to, to something a, a poker player wouldn't want you to know. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I left that first meeting. I've never looked at another person's breathing in the same way. Because when she got excited, her breath opened up in the higher part of her chest. When she was signing a document where she had some conflicting thoughts, I could see her breathing suddenly kind of get locked up. And when she took a sigh of relief and leaned back in her chair with satisfaction, I felt the satisfaction in her body. So that experience of being with Indira Gandhi that day changed the way I looked at breathing uh, every day since then. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot for sharing your story. Now, as you mentioned, a civilian life is one thing, but if you're in the military, especially if your life is in danger, it's very easy to get into a spiral of negative self-talk. At these moments, when you don't have the support of somebody else to get you back on track, in these moments, your practice, your habit of letting go, getting back into the moment and using your situational awareness and you know recovering from the freezer flex that you refer to, that's what makes the difference. And action takers, when you make a decision to focus on where you want to go, you learn that life is infinite and never-ending. And you learn to embrace that stream of never-ending happiness by recognizing the doors that the universe opens for us. Because as Helen Keller once exclaimed, exclaimed when one door of happiness closes another opens but often we look so long at the closed door and we do not see the one that has opened for us so dan oh, i love that stream of unending <laughs> happiness that is so very true and nothing uh allows us to access that stream more quickly and more easily than breathing itself when you develop the ability to get pleasure genuine or gain pleasure from the breath, then you have a mm -hmm. key to be feeling pleasure in the middle of any situation, any circumstance, no matter what's happening inside of you, no matter what's happening around you, you always have that key, that door to this feeling of, of aliveness, of joy, of freedom. 
And it's, you find it's not dependent on the situations. It's something you can access from within yourself in spite of the situations or the conditions. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Now, Dan, more than 100,000 people in over 45 countries now apply your breathing exercise and techniques in their lives, including Olympic champions, elite martial artists, psychotherapists, medical experts, and business executives. So my question to you is, have you found your life's purpose? And if yes, what is your life purpose at this point in time? Yeah, I uh, breathing is my favorite way to be with people. And so when I have an opportunity to do what I love, it's just the most, you know, I'm so very grateful. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I love and to have what I love really making a difference. And so, yeah, I have found my purpose in life. I'm 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 a spokesman for the breath. I'm a servant of the breath. I'm a teacher and a student of breathing. And, um, and even in the last week, I've learned a couple of amazing things I can't wait to share. And so, yeah, this is, this is my purpose. So looking back at your life now, was there ever a particular moment, let's call it a magic moment, beyond which you realized, without a doubt, that this is what you were meant to do? Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in India. I was in Harakan. Uh, with uh, with Babaji, who was written about in uh, the autobiography of a yoga of a yogi Yogananda Paramahansa Yogananda's mm. book, and I had the you know I mean just the amazing blessing to be in his presence and uh, to spend time with him and to learn from him, and um, I I got very very clear in it, when I was there at the ashram that this this was indeed my my purpose. And, um, and I left India with, with no doubt. I never really, this was in 1980. And, uh, when I left in 1980, I had an advertising business. When I returned afterwards, I had a breathing business and it's never, I've never gone back. I love that. You have a breathing business and you had an advertising (laughs) business before that. And uh, that brings us really to the last round of today's episode called the Wisdom Round. And this round is a rapid fire round during which I'll be asking you a total of four questions. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So looking back at your life, what was the best advice that somebody ever gave you? Uh, my professor at the university, Milton Young, who said, look, Dan, it's okay to just say whatever you need to say, do whatever you need to do to get someone in the room, and once they're in the room, just do what you do. So he gave me kind of a permission to package this breathing in whatever way works to have people come and actually practice. And once they're in the room, I could use Buddhist terminology to get them there. I could use Christian terminology to get them there. I could use any metaphor to get them there. But once they're there, then we do what we do. And he kind of gave me permission. Instead of trying to just tell people what we're going to do, just tell them what they need to hear so that they'll do it. <laughs> and I, for me, that was that kind of said, ah, okay, good. That makes it easier. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds like spiritual advertising because I am also learning about copywriting these days. And uh, someone I really follow is Gary Halbert. Uh, And what he speaks about is the AIDA formula, which is the attract, interest, 
desire and action and sometimes you have a wonderful message that you really want to give to people uh, but uh, the same message might not suit all the audience so as you mentioned some people might get attracted through their practice of buddhism some christianity but they're all coming for the same reason is to use breathing to change their lives and those around them yeah so name a personal habit that contributes to your well-being personal habit yeah uh the ability to let go, the ability to catch myself when I'm projecting my thoughts or my ideas or my desires onto someone or into a situation, the ability to kind of let go and step back from myself and look at a situation not through just my perspective but from a wider, you know, how would the space, how would intelligent space look at the situation and not just my personal ego or history that ability to step back from myself i think is is one of the most important skills i practice and abilities that i have so then what's your morning ritual like ah well as soon as i'm in that little i'm in that edge between sleeping and waking and i'm realizing that i'm waking i focus on my breath i focus on gratitude and um, and then I I usually do a few minutes of conscious breathing, um, and uh, depending on how I fell asleep or what was on my mind the night before, I'll probably be breathing some intention for that day. Gratitude is a very important morning ritual, and uh, and breathing, moving the breath, and then moving the body, uh, allowing my day to start with touching uh, upon my my breathing. Mm. Now, I know that you've read thousands of books up until now, but if you had to choose just one, what is that one book that has made a significant impact on your life? Hmm. I think it would be The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East by Baird Spaulding. And specifically, that's a five-volume set and book number four, in that series uh, uh, would be the one because that's where the chapter on prana is. <laughs> and I, it's one of those books where you underline everything and highlight everything and write in the <laughs> notes and pretty soon you can't even read the book anymore because you've written all over it and underlined and circled everything. That, that fourth book in that uh, Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East was my breathing Bible for, uh, for, for quite a while. I think those are the books that I like the most, you know, books that you can underline, you can put dog's ears on it, and then you, you go back to the book so many times. And I think it's a result of it being so interesting and so actionable, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. that you can't just help reading it and taking action. And our listeners know that the links and insights shared during this episode can be accessed by going to our website. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com. Slash 85, that's my7chakras.com slash 85. So Dan, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show today. Before we end today's session, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and then tell us the best way we can find you online. Ah, well, I'm grateful that I can feel, you know, even, even feeling discomfort. The fact that we can feel anything to me is a miracle and, um, uh, I am just so grateful that I can feel, I can feel what other people are feeling. I can feel 
things around me before I'm conscious of them. I, I'm so grateful for my, I guess you call it intuitive feelings. And, um, and I guess, you know, for something I do, you, we mentioned this earlier. Um, I have a book, it's called shut up and breathe. I could have called it why I'm not a therapist <laughs> because when people start to tell me about their problems, I just, my urge is to look, just shut up and just breathe right now. And so <laughs> I decided to call the book that and, right. um, and it's a free download. Uh, people love it. it. It covers a lot of uh, approaches to breathing. There's a lot of very practical techniques and exercise. It's free. It's on uh, breathmastery.com. And um, I am going to create a special page called breathmastery.com forward slash chakras. And there you can uh, get an extra special bonus. I call it my, it's a book and it's a transcript of some seminars that were based on spiritual breathing. And it's called the Spiritual Breathing Files. And for the Your Chakra listeners, that'll be a, a, an extra special free gift for them. So there you go, action takers, you have come so far, you've listened to the episode, you've taken it all in, and now's the next step. Now you need to claim these special resources, the special uh, 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 book that Dan has specially given for our listeners, the listeners of My 7 Chakras, which you can access by going to the website, breathmastery.com slash chakras right so again especially for my seven chakra listeners dan thanks a lot for being so kind i'm sure our listeners would love your wonderful gifts well thank you aj it's really been a, a wonderful to speak with you so thanks once again for coming to our show talking to us about the power of breathing and taking us one leap closer to a human revolution hmm. My Seven Chakras at my7chakras.com. That is my S E V E N chakras.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.